Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we give some tips on getting started with blood flow restriction training. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I am here with everybody from Champion. We have Kevin Coughlin, Dewesh Podell, Mike Scudito, Dave Tilly, Jonah Monlock, Lisa Lowe, Lenny McCrina. All here today, Dan Pope on vacation. No, I think just, I think we did it a little too early for Dan, unfortunately. So sorry, Dan is here in spirit as always. Head to fitnesspainfree.com uh, to 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 to, to commemorate uh, Dan Pope for this his episode. But uh, let who do we have for students today? Students, we have students. We have a lot of students. Um, we have some great students from the end of summer of one year that you guys will never know about. Um, we have Luke Hopper from UAB, University of Alabama at Birmingham. Fun fact about Luke, um, he played uh, Major League Baseball. In, mm. uh, yeah, no, I just made that up. Uh, we have Chris Clary from Anderson University in Anderson, South Carolina. I've actually been to Anderson, South Carolina when I lived in Birmingham. I made a road trip there and they had a Dunkin' Donuts, I think, in Greenville. And I was pumped because I hadn't had Dunkin' Donuts in a while. And mm. Dan Quillen, from um, Mary Baldwin University in beautiful, is it Roanoke? Is that where Mary Baldwin is or in the Roanoke area? It's in the Virginia area. Wait Mary Baldwin in Virginia. So much history here. I uh, mean, yeah. So not only do we have Mary, but yeah. wow. Does Mary go yeah. back to Roanoke days? Is that tree yeah. still there? Is the tree still there? Yeah, what tree is that? Did they, did, what did they write on there? Sakatoa. Is that trigonometry? <laughs> I think that's in North Carolina, but close enough. <laughs> anyway, all right, what do we have for a question today, team? What do we have? What do we got? So this question is from Dino in Toronto. He says, I just completed your BFR course, and I'm eager to work on developing a BFR program for my patients at the clinic. I have purchased a cuff for use with my clients, and I was wondering if you have any recommendations on ideal ways to get started training BFR with my patients. To have the patient benefit with an appropriate frequency of training with BFR, do you recommend having the patients rent the BFR equipment and use it on their own or come into the clinic and use it within a regular treatment session? That was That's a smooth it. question That's delivery. Smooth yeah, that was good. boy sees CC in the house. That was pretty good. Uh, I, li- I, I like it. I, I'm impressed there. Um, a good question here from Dino, right? I've never really thought of it that way, but that's a good call on, you know, the equipment question here. So Dino's just getting started in BFR. I think he understands the concepts. He understands the stuff from our course. So he learned that sort of thing. But I kind of like the the practical question he asked right here is, is, is doing it in the PT clinic enough, right? And, you know, obviously that's going to come down to, you know, how often you're seeing your patients, 
right? But that's interesting about like, do you rent the equipment to them? Like, I don't know. I, I we don't really operate that way at Champion. Like, we don't we don't look for like revenue streams like that. Like as a like like let's rent equipment type thing. Just I don't know. It's just not like how how we do it. Um, but that, that'd be interesting. Why don't, why don't we start up? Like, let's start at the top with the question here about like, how do you get started with that? So maybe somebody jump in, I don't know, maybe like Mike Scaduto or something. Let's like, I want to hear a little bit about like when, when you're first starting to use BFR on one of your, your patients, right? Like, what do you do? Like, like how do you, how do you get that started? What's the introduction of that? Like, do you ease into it? What's your frequency? Like, tell us a little bit about just getting started with that. Yeah, I think getting started with BFR is I like to have a very clear and specific goal for why I'm using BFR. Oftentimes, um, with the patients that I work with, we're, we're looking to improve an isolated strength deficit. For So, for example, that could be quad strength after an ACL surgery. Um, and we're using the BFR as a kind of a catalyst to decrease atrophy after surgery, but also promote some hypertrophy of the tissue. So um, having an idea of why we're using the BFR, I think, is super important. And then the next step is finding the personalized pressure. So we use the smart cuff to kind of automate that. Um, but we want to make sure that we're pumping to an appropriate pressure um, within the correct occlusion range. So those are kind of the first two steps. Have a goal and then find their personal pressure. From there, um, I'll kind of ease them into exercise with the BFR. Um, so I'll do a normal set rep scheme. Usually start somewhere in three to three to ten to twelve, uh, three sets of ten to twelve. And just have them try the BFR for the first session. Make sure it's something that they can tolerate. Make sure that they respond well um, to the treatment. Um, they may, you know, have some of the the effects of BFR in terms of the feeling or the muscle burn. Um, but we're probably not working to failure on the first day, at least for me. I just want patients to get um, accustomed to it. And then from there, we're, we're building up um, the intensity of the BFR exercise and eventually working to failure within um, specific movements. Um, and typically, I'm doing isolated strengthening movements to failure. So like a knee extension to strengthen the quad. I love it. That's awesome. It's, it's like, did you like pre-type that response up? Because like, that was like, I was surprised you called on me. (laughs) (laughs) Then I was thinking like, wow, I wonder if like, I wonder if like you pre-type up, answers to all the questions ahead of time like i I rip them up when when i don't speak (laughs) i mean that that was a great answer but you know i i like that too because you know there's no rush right let's make sure things go really well uh mike do you do you start with less than like maximum limb occlusion pressure i'm not talking 100 but like do you you ease into the pressure too i'll typically start 60 percent um, for the lower body, right? For the lower extremity. Right. Um, I don't do a ton of upper extremity blood flow. I'll, I'll say that, but, um, I know Dan does, maybe Dave does a little bit more. Um, but I'll start with 60% for the lower extremity and then build up to, to the 80% occlusion. I like that. So I, I like the easing into it, right? It's, it's very easy to overdo it, right? If like you do, because remember, it's an equation between the amount of occlusion, the load and the reps, right? That's your equation with those three. So if you accidentally, you know, if you go in there very rigid with, we're going to pump it up to this percentage of limb occlusion and we're going to use this set rep scheme, it's very easy to overdo it with the weight accidentally on the first one because it's such a low dose of load, right? So it's, it's easy to overdo it and get like a really pretty good delayed onset muscle soreness from this sort of thing. So I like that concept of easing into it. The other thing that Mike said that I thought was really cool was that one of the first things he does, right, is we determine the specific limb occlusion pressure for that person. And, and that's one of the reasons that I think we use BFR as a tool, 
right? It is a, it's a very specific tool that we almost use to, we prescribe it to the person with a very specific protocol, right? You could get these straps, these bands off Amazon for 10 bucks and just choke your arm and your leg and have really no idea if you're doing it at a specific amount, right? So you have to be, be careful with that. If we want to get the most consistent and reliable results as safe as possible, we need to make it a very clear protocol, right? So going back to your question about like, do you rent it out? Like we've never done that at Champion, but um, I don't even know if I would, right? Like, so I would say like in our advanced patients, we oftentimes have them, they end up buying their own because they like them in their training, right? Uh, how many How many of the, the PTs have used BFR and then their, their clients have then purchased them and used them at home? I feel like, yeah, a lot. Everybody's kind of saying, raising their hands. Yeah, I feel like a lot of, like we, we advise them on which ones to get, right? A little bit. Um, so we see that quite a bit with people that then want to use it with their training at home. But I still think like that's almost like as they learn it, right? So I wouldn't start that right away. Um, I would make that part about one of the unique features of seeing you is that you're using BFR in a very scientific clinical way, right? And I think that's important, right? Because it's not just the application of it. It is your judgment of how to apply it and when to adjust that, that I think is still relevant, right? So I, I would keep it in the clinic if I were you, Dino, at this point. And as the person gets really good at it, really comfortable at it, and that'll be obvious, like when they're an advanced trainee with that, then perhaps they can start doing it on their own. But sorry, I just, I got excited on that answer. Anybody else have anything they, they wanted to uh, add to that or anything? Or is that you know, pretty good? <laughs> right. All right. This is an easy episode, right? Uh, well, hope, hope that helps. Uh, great answer, Mike. Great job. I like that. I'm going to, I'm just randomly calling you more often, but I like that. That was good. I think everybody enjoyed it, but uh, really appreciate it. Head to micro.com if you have questions like that. Click on that podcast link and you can see the form where you can ask your own questions. You keep asking them, we'll keep answering them. Head to Apple Podcast, Spotify, and please rate, review, and subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinal.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinal.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.